Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Album Club 500, the podcast where we review the top 500 albums of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine. I am the Archduchess of Fist City, 27, and I'm presenting, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. But in my day-to-day life, I prefer to be referred to as Jacob Schatz. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, but today, I wonder if the Twitty estate is really not going to like that. They'll be fine. They'll live. <laughs> they don't know we exist yet. <laughs> They're old money. The Twitties are old money. <laughs> We're the new money. Right. Of about f- 10 cents. <laughs> yeah, I think between us, yeah. Today we're actually reviewing two country compilation albums. We're doing All-Time Greatest Hits by Loretta Lynn and Songs I'll Always Sing by Merle Haggard. Which isn't the one that was on the list, but that one had 100 songs on it. Down <laughs> so, Every Road has 100 tracks on There the, are the, actually 100 tracks, so we're not doing that one because there's 100 too, tracks. It's too many. If you'd like to donate to our Patreon in the effort to get us to review all 100 tracks of that fucking album, be my <laughs> guest. But uh, right now, we're not doing it. If we get $35 <laughs> on our Patreon, we will actually do an episode where we just review all 100 tracks one by one of Down Every Road by Merle Haggard. And you can take that to the bank, and then you can take that bank to us. That said, I actually pretty much enjoyed the the Merle Haggard record, so I I would probably check out that 100 track greatest hits thing, and then maybe some of his actual albums, you know, because it's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. We have yeah a week We're to not... do this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what what do these two albums have in common? So we don't have to do the penalty game. I, I can't oh, quite geez. figure um, out. Uh, I mean, it's like mostly acoustic uh, instrumentation could be one. Um. Uh, I don't know. That's pretty geez. vague. I mean, they, they both talk about relationships, but that, yeah, but I mean, it's everybody talks about pop, relationships. popular music. I mean, yeah. that's just what they do. Hmm. That doesn't really count. Hmm. Huh. Well, these albums are the same, almost. They're the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's country music, you guys. This isn't, <laughs> and it's not it like avant-garde country or modern versus old country. These albums the the material on these albums were recorded at almost exactly the same time as well yeah it's like late 60s early 70s mostly yeah they're contemporaries with each other and they're the exact same genre the instrumentation hell even the baseline on half of these songs you can line it up right next to each other and not tell the difference yeah there's there's some difference in timbre obviously because i mean Merle Haggard has this very deep masculine voice, and Loretta Lynn is a female vocalist singing. That's that's a difference. Yeah, that is <laughs> it, it is, and I think the biggest difference between these two albums is the perspective that they bring from what you could write about in country music at any given time. Because Loretta Lynn's themes, there, there's some overlap between her stuff and Merle Haggard's, but in general, you there is a difference. There is a dividing line between what Merle Haggard has to sing about in his life and what he does and what Loretta Lynn has to sing about in her life and what she does. Yeah, and boy, do they have some things to sing about. Yeah. Especially Merle, but I would say, like, Loretta's uh, subject matter tended to be a bit more homogenous. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Let's dig in more to the Loretta album. All-Time Greatest Hits is a 22-track album, I believe. Yeah, and as such, we're actually going to be trying out a new sort of 
more freeform. I guess it's more of a traditional reviewing style where we just talk about the album as a whole and point out certain tracks that stand out in yeah. whatever way possible. Um, because that's a lot of tracks. We'd be here all day. Folks. And our track yeah. by tracks are usually for <laughs> albums that are intended to be listened to in a linear order. When you have a lot of albums as opposed to compilation albums, studio albums have... There's a, a reason for... Yeah, a structure. There's a reason for their organization. Whereas these aren't even chronological. Strictly. Yeah. I mean, if you played them in order, they sounded fine enough. They had sort of an arc to them. There was an alternating of slower and faster songs. But other than that, there's not as much thought or care put into the organization of it. And it's mostly just, what are some of the best Loretta Lynn songs or the most popular Loretta Lynn songs? So it does her more of a service than us more of a service to just talk about the artist's work in general. Yeah, and also the fact that this episode would involve reviewing 42 discrete country songs if we were doing it track by track, and that would just be, we would die. Yeah, we would die and then you would die, because we'd be sending out this audio as like a weapon at that point. Like, people would get halfway through it, keel over dead, and then the officers would have to listen to it. It's just a whole mess. That would be a problem. You're just bodies on bodies. Right. A chain of bodies leading back to headphones saying, welcome back to Album Club 500. It's, it's, it would be pretty. Let's, let's talk Loretta Lynn. Let's. She has, there are three distinct subsets of Loretta Lynn songs, I found, thematically. Right. Not all of her songs fit into these subsets, but the vast majority of them do. There's... You're my man, and you're not doing right by me. There's, you're trying to take my man, and that's not right by me. And there's, (laughs) I don't love you anymore. Yep, and there's a couple of outliers from those, but for the most part, that covers it. Yep. (laughs) And honestly, these themes aren't bad themes for songs. They're kind of universal themes, but the combination of them is what really stood out to me and made me go, oh, oh, honey. Because, like... Okay, you can write a song about how your man is doing you wrong, but that's also interspersed with, like, but if anybody wants to take him from me, that's that's a bad thing. Like, that's not a great relationship to be built on, I think. Yeah, and I feel like these these subject matters are kind of what are expected of a female country singer, or even just a female pop singer at yeah. that. Like, it's just, there's kind of an expectation that, like, this is what female singers sing about right and i feel like on on like the merle haggard record like he was very much a contemporary of of the same era and genre but his like he sings about so many different things and just like he's he's more of like a folk storyteller kind of guy you know and these loretta lynn songs kind of all are about loretta's personal life and her love life and i feel like that's just kind of uh, that, that's just kind of what is expected of a female singer. Yeah, it also know? probably comes down to what was available to her because she got to write more of her songs as she got more famous in her career. But I have to assume that, especially near the beginning, it was mostly, okay, these are the songs that we've written for you, and now you're going to go make our record. And, well, and also the fact that these are these are the hits. So, I mean, her deep cuts might be more diverse than we don't That's know. totally possible. That's I I can I can expect that. So I I enjoyed some of this album a lot, mm. and I what I really dug especially were the four I think there was four duets with Mr. Conway Twitty, and <laughs> apparently they did a shitload of albums together. 
and like they were known for being a duo for a long time and i don't know they just go really well together they're, they're just a nice combination of flavors they do <laughs> yeah uh especially since we're not doing a track by track i'll just throw it out there um yeah louisiana woman mississippi man is first off a track that goes outside of the three bounds of uh the themes that i set earlier because yeah. it seems to be just a happy back and forth song between two people and it's just really bouncy and fun and well executed vocally. Like there's there's so much going on here that it it's all great. Yeah, I, I think that was my favorite song on the album. Yeah. The song Louisiana Woman, Mississippi Man, which is kind of a mouthful, but they they really make it work in the song, is um basically Loretta is singing from the point of view of a woman in Louisiana who is lovers with this man in Mississippi. And they keep saying in the chorus the mississippi river can't keep us apart there's too much love in this louisiana heart and then Aww. conway's like there's too much love in this mississippi heart you know <laughs> it's great it's awesome <laughs> and it's cute honestly and they say like the the louisiana or the mississippi river doesn't look so wide when you're on the other side you know Aww. yeah it's, it's just it's so <laughs> like there's so much other stuff on this album that's either really possessive or really like ag aggressive or sad and then this one is just happy and smiling and bouncing and having a, the time of its life in the middle of all of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel like that's really the only one that's just that positive yeah i mean yeah definitely. It's, and it's a little bit bittersweet because it is a long distance relationship where like they they don't see each other that often and like that's kind of sad but like they're really happy with it you know, right because they're together Sometimes, at least. <laughs> and it also, because it has more of an upbeat tempo, it gets out of some of the, I guess you could call them cliches, the, the typical trappings of country music at this time. Because one of the other things that a lot of the songs on this album have in common is the instrumentation. There's the bass, an acoustic bass in the background going, there's drums that are like either just the snare or just some cymbals or something that are putting out its own... Right, or they're <laughs> acting as like bass number two in some tracks, where they're just yeah. following the bass line, and it's it's they're hardly even there. And then there's the guitar with you know singing and whining as best it can, trying to stay out of the way of the vocals. I guess I I can't really recall hearing any instrumental moments that really sounded like they appealed to me, especially like standing out in the yeah. Loretta Lynn album. There was a few moments in the Merle album because he is actually a really good guitarist, as it turns out. On this one, it's pretty much, I guess, session musicians, and they're not really doing a whole lot here, like, yeah. technically. I mean, it, it works, and they're not really the focus. It's about Loretta and, and Conway. I mean, it it's kind of like folk music, you know? Like, it doesn't really need to do much. But yeah, that's fair. It would be nice if it did. <laughs> I, I guess one of the other problems structurally is that you know, rock and roll, for example, has these points where, because the songs are varied enough, you can be surprised by a guitar solo or impressed by a bit of flair that's thrown in here or there. Country music is, for better or worse, extremely formulaic. So a lot of the tracks on here, before an instrumental break comes in, you know that it's there. Like, you know yeah. that it's going to be while the chorus is still going. And the chorus as well, while we're on formula, like, all of the refrains are the title of the song. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's it's just so like it, it's so easy. It's so easy to figure out, and you realize how these people are able to churn out stupid numbers of albums. Oh yeah, there's tons of Loretta Lynn albums. Like we were talking about this before the show. The Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn duet albums, just for example, there are 10 studio albums of that <laughs> alone. And then Loretta yeah. Lynn herself has like 30 albums at least. Yeah, there's there's a lot. <laughs> there's, there's so much. And I mean, it's impressive to be that prolific no matter what kind of music you're making. If you're making that oh, many yeah. albums, that's still, that's still impressive. But you realize that country music really has this just aggressively formulaic sound to it. And and it's frustrating. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like folk music where it, the lyrics are more important and the performer yeah. is more important than the song. Yeah, that's fair. I like how you sound resigned when you say that. You're like, yeah, I, I guess. I, I, like, the, the thing <laughs> is, it, it's frustrating because I know that this music is for someone and I know that there there's an audience for this, obviously. But, yeah. like, I, I kind of wish some of that audience would then like shift over or upgrade into into more exciting or more Im- impressive individual music. Well, they do. I mean, cuz I mean, I I think Merle is is a little more elevated. Yeah. In my opinion. We'll get to that, but uh I Jake, don't don't you like Jimmy Buffett? All right. Now, <laughs> hold on here real quick. Cuz <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I'm just no, thinking, like, all, the no, whole time no. you're saying this, I'm like, don't you enjoy the music of James William Buffett? You're totally right. <laughs> now that now that I hear, see, I hear it out loud, and it's like, while, while it's Loretta Lynn, it's like, it's all the way over there, you know? <laughs> it's like, it, it's, it's over there, and other, other I'll people bring it back to you. Be. Now, suddenly, it's in my house. The call's coming from inside the house, <laughs> and uh, I, I am brought face to face with my truth. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's right. It really comes down to how much you enjoy the personality of the singer, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I'm coming to grips with this now. Like, if you listen to any Dylan record, like, there's not. I mean, th- there there is sometimes moments of musical intrigue, but <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> and especially on his earlier albums where it's mostly just guitar and you know sometimes bass, it's really about the lyrics. I mean, these don't stand up to. Dylan lyrics, of course, but <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, right. It's a different flavor, and and it, it's it's simple as a point. You know, it's appealing to the blue collar, you know, working class people who just want simple, relatable tunes. You know, mm-hmm. and they have a nice melody, and they're they're reachable. You know, it's down to earth. Yeah, uh, it, it's like folk music, but it's uh, a little more southern. <laughs> yeah it's it's southern it's poppier it's because yeah. one of the things that i did notice and did kind of like is that especially on the cuts that end up being earlier um chronologically there's a lot of overlap between these and like early 60s crooner type songs and yeah like, um buddy holly and that sort of thing i guess uh-huh and that that was cool was there a song on this album that you really hated because i feel like there, there okay, might have been one in particular. There, there was one that <laughs> I want to hear. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> hate is a strong word for anything. Okay, that I, I mean, I mean, one, album. one that you just like really didn't enjoy. You know what I mean? Like one in particular that you were like, ugh. 
The, okay, the one that made me go at, at the mostly the first time that I heard it was uh, "Ones on the Way." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because like this song is all about how wow, all of these folks out there on the coasts are having the time of their lives, but here in Topeka, uh, there's still <laughs> a bunch of shit for his mom to do, and it's and yeah, basically she's uh, singing about being being a housewife and being having these two crazy kids and and her husband who he's like he's like bringing home some army buddies from the bar and she's like wait but uh uh, <laughs> uh, uh hey can you do this thing for me hello hello well, well i'll, I'll be, be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah I, uh, it, it's it's kind no. of a novelty track it, it's really a novelty song because she has, like, these spoken word parts where she's like, Boy, I hope it ain't twins again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, I... This... It, it's silly. It's it's silly, and that's fine. And honestly, like, if it, were, if it were just that, it would be fine, I think. Like, it's goofy, it's bouncy, it's, it's kind of, you know, oh, gee, moms are the hardest workers in the world, which in a lot of ways they are, don't get me wrong. But yeah. there's some lines in there that just make it so freaking hick... <laughs> like backwoods like gee I, I the the tone comes across as i can't imagine that anybody in suburban to urban life could ever ever have the same kinds of problems or a similar scale <laughs> of problems that i have i don't think that's really what she's saying i know and i'm um. I, there, there are, there's a line in there that's like there's women out there marching for women's lib and the pill may change the world but here in topeka and it's like could you for five seconds just like <laughs> God? Okay. Well, the, the way I read that line is more like so. So women are changing the world and changing women's role in in the world, but as a as this mother out in the country, it's not really going to affect her in her lifetime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's. Yeah. I think I feel like that's more like what she's saying. Like I still have to raise these kids. It's cool. I think I felt like it sounded more like. It's cool that that's happening, but it's it's not really it, it's not gonna it's not gonna affect me. It, like, it's it, not my it concern, really. Me. You know, it's not her world. You know, I can appreciate that. I I still and I don't I don't think it's nearly as you know pointed as I'm I'm making it to be. This is I'm, that, that's it's a, that's, very lighthearted, actually. Right, right. the The problem that I have is that it's put in the same you know parts of the song. Like it, it's it's put alongside all of these images of you know, people on the coasts or people in the cities, you know, having fancy, rich lifestyles and, and you know, boozing it up and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then it's, it's putting these kinds of actually helpful social action in the same category as that kind of stuff. And that that's kind of where I, I it, it feels a little bit more like, oh, geez, what a waste of time. Or, or like, this isn't, I don't this, think isn't so. this isn't real like what i need and it's like i the, the i, other I don't think the, that's what she's saying that's that's fine i mean this is this is <laughs> i think a place where we're gonna disagree i i think like, the the only thing that that's saying is these are like in a different world that i live in you know it's it's a yeah it's yeah. separate like she's not making any commentary about it she's just like kind of observing these things that she doesn't take part in yeah and, and also we we need to mention that this song was written by one Shell Silverstein. Shell Silverstein? <laughs> what the fuck? 
And that kind of explains like the the meter and the the rhythm of this song because it yeah. is more bouncy and, and kind of whimsical in its yeah. tone. Yeah, it's a little sing songy, which is kind of weird to describe a song, but I, I think you get <laughs> no, where I, you're going it, with it that. totally does. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah, and I I'm almost certainly imparting way more of my values and concerns into this one, but just combined with the delivery and the structure of the song, that's that's what I got out of it, especially on first listen. On later listens, it wasn't nearly as pointed, but like. It's just, it's just I, yeah. You have ugh. this response the first time you hear, it. right? It's just it's just so ugh the yeah. first time. Um, the the one that really made me ugh okay. as far as subject matter was "Woman of the World." Yes, my world alone. Oh yeah, because she's really really pushing this theme of her being this like modest puritanical Demure country girl, Southern Belle. Yeah, and she's. Addressing this woman of the world who it, she's kind of presenting as a, you know, very worldly uh, woman who dresses very scantily. And uh, <laughs> she, she says, I wear more in swimming than you wear to parties where you go. And it's like, okay, like. <laughs> it's so like. Uh, can we talk about the way who that. Who gives that, a that, shit? That rhyme is so fucking forced. Yeah, it's like, not even. You didn't have to force that <laughs> rhyme. You, like, it's, you had an O sound. That's what you needed to shoot for. And you just, like, <laughs> that you wear to parties, that you go, oh. And it's that like, you go. Come on where now. You go. <laughs> where you go. Fucking. <laughs> it's called the road. It's called the rainbow road. It is a road that you go. <laughs> It's, yeah, no, uh, it, yeah that's, <laughs> that entire song is just like, I, I think the other half of it is, she's like, hey, you woman of the world, stop confusing my poor, simple southern man who's totally going <laughs> after you because it's all your fault and not his at all for doing this dumb, adulterous shit. He, he has, like, heart eyes looking at this, like, Jessica Rabbit type figure, and Loretta's over there wearing, like, a fucking, like... <laughs> like <full>. puritans <laughs> like yeah she's completely covered from from neck to to toe <laughs> and she's just like oh man oh darn <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so like the 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 complete absolution of blame from the for the guy in this song it's yeah. just like it's all the woman's fault <laughs> oh even when the song states that he's pulling some of this dumb shit and it's like could you just like figure this out real quick? Could you see that your guy is the problem? Dump him. <laughs> There's more of a problem when the guy just goes for this woman of the world than like like that could be anyone, you know, like yeah. it's there's a yeah. problem there. <laughs> it's like oh my god, this and and there are a lot of other songs that like are about that. Like Now there's a song with that is a similar theme of a woman trying to take his man. That's much better than this one. It's so uh, much better. Know. It's probably <laughs> my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I think that's correct. It's called Fist City. It's called <laughs> Fist City, you guys. <laughs> yeah, this song is just basically the same subject matter of there's a woman trying to take her man. Which, that that as a, as a theme, that's so, like, outdated, you know? But, <laughs> I mean, this was the 70s and late 60s, but... Uh, but in this one, the difference is she's threatening physical violence upon this woman <laughs> and like, threatening to take her to Fist City, which is so a place good, where she cause... will get fisted 
in the face. <laughs> like, okay, violence on someone is not something that I generally advocate. But, like, oh my god, the way that it is expressed here is fucking magical. Why don't you tell us a couple of lines from this song? Uh, you better close your face and stay out of my way if you don't want to go to Fist City. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or... But the man I love, when he picks up trash, he puts it in a garbage can, and that's what you look like to I, me. I love that line. <laughs> because you're just like, ooh. <laughs> uh, There's like a circle forming around them, and everyone's like, oh, man. I also have to express my appreciation for the way that Loretta pronounces the word man in this song, because it turns it into a three-syllable word. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, gal, to lay off of my man. If you don't want to go to Fist City. To Fist City. <laughs> oh, oh god! And and my favorite, the thing that like all of this is good and fun and ridiculous. The line that sells this song to me is the mixed metaphor line of, "You'd better move your feet if you don't want to eat a meal that's called <laughs> Fist City." That's so good. That's hilarious. That's like, that's some of the funniest shit that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh man, that's that's good. And, and like she gets descriptive with the violence too. She says, "I'll grab you by the hair of the head and I'll lift you off of the ground." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Holy shit. That's And and actually what I really like about this song is like even just when you look deeper into the lyrics, it it's more of uh, this woman is hitting on her man, and she's telling her, Loretta is telling her, uh, I ain't saying that he's a saint, because he ain't, but he won't, he, he's not going to mess around with you. Like, he's faithful to me, so so buzz off, you stupid yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and uh, it's, is... it's kind of better just thematically. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, like, and contrast that with, you ain't woman enough to take my man, where it's just... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more of a woman than you, which that sentiment is literally meaningless because <laughs> no one can be more of a, that's just, that's super outdated too. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, there's a, there's definitely a range of dealing with adultery songs. Cause there's, yeah. there's a lot of them. And I think the sincere ones are very much like, you know, I can't believe you would do this to me that are then followed up by get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> like uh for example don't come home and drinking with loving on your mind it's like yeah no you don't just get to come home from the bar after not you know spending any time with me and then expect that we're gonna make love like do your half of the relationship yeah that, that one's decent that one, that one's fine and then like other ones are you've cheated on me leave town forever because <laughs> i deserve better than you and it's like yeah fuck yeah loretta yeah that, that those are good yeah but then there's also these ones, which are more like, I, I'm better than you are, even though my man is cheating on me. And, like, that's... <laughs> it is your it, fault. It is your fault. Uh, like, I, well, it, I Also, like, I, my words got a little bit muddled there. I don't want to suggest that at any point that her man cheating on her is Loretta's fault, because that's, no. that's also fucked up. So, this point of order there. That's messed. Uh, let, let's talk about, like, the breakup, uh, like, heartbreak songs in this album, such as... After the Fire is Gone, which is mm. a duet with Conway. Yep. So this is a different vibe because this is like uh, like the ashes of a relationship that's over and, 
And I also really like this one musically, actually. Like, this one just has a nice melody and nice harmonies with Conway in it. But uh, she, they, they use the line, there's nothing as cold as ashes after the fire is gone. And it's just like, like uh, the, the, the aftermath of the ending of the relationship is pretty rough, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. and, and in this song, they kind of, they try to rekindle this relationship. And they keep finding that it just doesn't work because the ashes are so cold. You know, and the fire's gone. You know, they keep saying, each time we say it's going to be the last time, but we keep hanging on. And it's mm. like, they're just they're just trying again and again, and it's just not working. And that's, it's pretty sad, but it's it's a really good song, actually. Yeah. And then, on that same kind of subject matter, uh, I kind of, I mentioned this to you before, and you seem to have I, a bit of disdain for I've it. I've come back around. <laughs> I think it was mostly on first okay. listen because I had all the other songs in mind and I was just tired by that point. It, oh, yeah. It, it is 15th on the album. <laughs> right, right. But I, I've come back around on this song, go, so go ahead for it. Yeah, it's called As Soon As I Hang Up The Phone. It's another one with Kanye. <laughs> it's another one with Conway. <laughs> <laughs> please, please tell me that was not intentional. It's another song that features uh it's a duet with Kanye Twitty and uh it's uh basically fucking go on. Basically the gimmick of this song is um it's a phone call between Loretta and Conway and it's interesting cuz uh Conway actually refers to her by name like he keeps saying like Loretta which is interesting cuz I don't think they were actually they weren't literally in a relationship they're just playing characters on these songs yeah and, yeah but it's interesting that he calls her loretta they don't really do that in any of the other songs but uh it's a phone call between the two of them and loretta's kind of trying to she, she's worried because she's heard rumors that conway was gonna dump her basically and conway is trying to tell her that that's true and she keeps kind of cutting it off cutting him off because she's so kind of manic and, and yeah, yeah. worried about it and uh, there's some really good lines and all the, the conway lines are spoken word and it has like this grainy quality of talking over a phone on it and it's it kind of might sound irritating at first but it's kind of a really sweet like i mean bittersweet song yeah i, mean, I guess it's just bitter but <laughs> <laughs> well no it's bittersweet because neither of the i mean like both of the people in the relationship don't feel great about this, but they still, like, they don't want to hurt each other. Conway gives a really, really sincere-sounding performance on this one. Like, he, he's basically saying, like, it's the hardest thing he's ever had to do. And, yeah, you know, he's saying, like, I like you have to believe me. Like, I did not mean to hurt you. Like, the, the line that really got me was, you know I thought I loved you. You know oh, that. Oh, God. And it's like, yeah, oh, like, that's such fuck. a tough position. Because that's it's really like, you, you put all your chips in on this relationship and then realize that it's it's wrong and it's and then it's one-sided too and it's like yeah. well this is gonna suck <laughs> like now you gotta rip the band-aid off and, and yeah ooh, baby and it's... loretta's vocal stylings here do a really good job of having that sort of idealized quality she's, i mean she's a good singer yeah definitely we haven't really mentioned that but right. her voice does always sound good in this thing right and so you have that with Conway's very grounded, very realistic spoken word bit, and you, you have just a very clear picture of both people's emotional states right there, and it, it's tearing you apart as you listen to this thing. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, oh, also, the the song was recorded. That's not just, like, 
I mean, whatever the 1960s to 70 equivalent of a filter is, like, <laughs> they actually had him call her in the recording booth. Oh, and they okay. recorded that song, like, him on the phone line, her in on mic in the booth. So, like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that was part of the reason that this song <laughs> turned around on me because I'm like, oh my god, that's a really great method performance thing. Like, that's super cool. Yeah, it's it's really great. I I like this one a lot. And yeah, it might seem like it's kind of a gimmick song, you know, but it's it's just really really just well constructed. Yeah. Let's see. Love is the foundation was a really nice one. Mm. Um, it's basically just a really simple song about love in general kind of and she says like love is the foundation that we lean on and she does use the phrase all you need is love to to get you through and it's it's a really simple basic song it's like not even it doesn't seem to be like a story song like a lot of the others are and it's just melodically it's just really nice it's all i had about it like just there's not really much more you can say about why the song is good in this case other than it just has a really nice melody and this one stood out to me for that reason and the instrumentation is good and yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of more highlights. Well, one of my good ones was actually a song called Rated X. Yeah. After I heard Rated X, I should have really reconsidered my uh, opinion of Ones on the Way. I mean, they were probably recorded years apart, but the thing about Rated X is that thematically it's about the struggle and stigma of divorced women just sort of yeah. existing and dating and living and like, you know, in, in that period of time. And like, that's pretty wild of a subject to go on yeah like, it's pretty real that that's that's actually really impressive and and the song is also pretty good i do sort of hesitate to on, on some of the writing just because like it doesn't really try to rhyme with some of it like it it has, yeah it has i the noticed standard that <laughs> of, it has the standard of the you know the end of the refrain is the title of the song but it doesn't really like build its way there as best that it could so no. but you know i noticed honestly, that for sure with the themes, it's it's fine. You know what's interesting is that the White Stripes did a live cover of it that was the B-side for Hotel Yorba, the single. Yeah, yeah, I remember looking that up. That is that is wild. And then Jack White produced a Loretta Lynn album. Yes, I forgot we mentioned that off-podcast and not yeah. on here. Yeah. And apparently that album got just crazy critical acclaim all across the board. So maybe check that 2004 album out, Van Leer Rose. And and she also had an album last year that was apparently super duper good. So yeah, it got nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, like there's like she's still kicking and doing cool stuff, which is crazy awesome. Yeah, especially because she's 83 years old now, and she just put out a country album that was apparently really freaking good. Yeah, she is quite elderly and still doing it, which is awesome. Like I I would definitely like to hear like an actual Loretta Lynn album and not a compilation because this definitely seems like the the reason the subject matter is so kind of homogenous on this compilation is because it's a compilation like these are the yeah. hits, you know. There's probably much more diverse subject matter on the the deep cuts probably. Yeah. Out hope. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of hits versus deep cuts, we're going to get thrown out of the music review community if we don't at least mention the fact that Cole Miner's daughter is on this album. Because that, that was like yeah. her hit. That was that was yeah. the song that propelled her into being like a like a star. Yes. And I guess it, I mean, it's solid. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very simple song. It's a simple song. It's autobiographical. It's heartfelt. And it's also 
one of the songs off of this album, among others, that she wrote herself, which I think is important. Yeah. All the stuff that she wrote herself feels like really clear and solid. The stuff that she didn't write herself, I mean, it's it's back and forth, but like a lot of the stuff that she wrote for herself on her own terms feels really good. I, I think that's that's pretty dang cool. Even if this isn't really my genre of choice and I get fed up with it pretty quick, I do appreciate <laughs> that she wrote her own stuff and... You know, it isn't just churning out this stuff. There, there's real heartfelt stuff in the lyrics. Yeah, for sure. So with that, we're just about through All-Time Greatest Hits by Loretta Lynn. It's a pretty solid compilation if you dig country music. Yeah, and, and the songs we didn't mention, there, there's a few of them. It's it's not because those songs are bad. It's just, it, it's hard. There's a lot of songs. It's hard to remember <laughs> all of them. And we talked about the ones yeah. that meant something to us, you know. So. Right, like... None of these songs is badly composed, badly arranged, or badly played. It's just that, like, the worst... I feel like the vast majority of the worst country songs in the world have lyrics that I personally wouldn't like. Like, my worst songs. And then, like, still perfectly fine production and playing. Yeah. Because that's that's how they make their money. (laughs) Like, well, I mean, like, bad... if, If there were bad, like, bad songs on this album, they would stand out to us and we would talk about them. True. You know, but, uh... The ones we didn't talk about are, like, just fine. (laughs) So, yeah, check that out if you like country music. I don't think... This won't be the one to get you into country, so... No, no. (laughs) I'm I'm desperately missing Steve Earle on that front, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I enjoyed this because I had already dipped my toe into country and I kind of had an open mind about it, but if you're just looking for something to listen to and enjoy... This this won't really appeal to you unless you're already in it, the the country mood. Yeah, check it out, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say at least listen to Mississippi Woman, Louisiana Woman, Mississippi Man, because that's a, just a good-ass song. It's a lot of yeah. fun. You, yeah, that's you a might like ride. that one. If this city sounded at all funny to you, please check it out. It's so good. Yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, after a short break with some a, a catchy little jingle <laughs> we'll <laughs> be reviewing songs i'll always sing by merle haggard by by merle ronald haggard <laughs> stay tuned ladies and gentlemen mr conway Mitty.
Welcome back to Album Club 500. We are now on to the second album for today's episode, Songs I'll Always Sing by Merle Haggard. Yeah, which technically isn't the one on the list, like we mentioned, but that one has 100 tracks, and this one is a similar compilation album with a lot of the same songs on it, but just less of them. It has one-fifth of the tracks, which I think is a pretty good compromise. (laughs) Yeah, we can... This is chewable. There's also why I picked this one. I like it because there's like there's a few deep cuts here. Like some of these are number one hits, but a lot of these like weren't even singles and are just kind of hand selected good Merle Haggard songs. And I really like that about this. We make the distinction between number one hits and non number one hits because Merle Haggard does not have a shortage of number one hits. There are nine on this album, and they're like enough to fill an album among his other work past this time. There's like. 30-something of them, I think. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. He's a very, very popular recording country artist, and he uh, unfortunately died last year, but this will be dedicated to his memory. He has some very good songs on this record, but there are also a couple that we'll need to talk about that were kind of a sticking point for us. (laughs) Basically, Well, you know, being long-haired hippies such as we are, uh. <laughs> so there's the song Oki from Muskogee, and there's another one uh, called The Fight Inside of Me, and basically these songs are telling us, the listeners, that these songs are not for us, <laughs> and <laughs> the message is basically, I don't like you. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. It's The Fight Inside of Me is literally that. Yeah, no, that's that's true. <laughs> Oki from Muskogee is different. Yeah, but... let's let's start with Oki from Muskogee because this is basically his coal miner's daughter. Like this is his yeah. kind of personal breakout hit that established him as a as an artist to watch. And it's I mean, it's kind of cute, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like it's like I'm really proud to be uh, someone from a rural town who doesn't understand a whole lot, but we have a good life here <laughs> and and, well, gosh darn it, I like my town. <laughs> and it's like, you're just like, oh, that's, that's real sweet, Merle, thanks. Um, you know. The problem with it is, though. Yeah. No, there, there, there's a big problem. The, the whole idea is that the Vietnam War protesters are full of shit. And yeah, that's basically that's, uh, <laughs> Oh, well, that, that aged pretty well, didn't it? The song is basically kind of decrying anyone who's kind of challenging authority or, you know, acting outside of the norm of social expectations. and So it's basically saying, hey, you, 27, who is listening to this song right now, <laughs> we're very different. This isn't really for you. <laughs> yeah, it, it... It hasn't aged well, and I think the important thing to note is that Merle also believes that it hasn't aged well. Yeah, he has basically... He doesn't really believe the message of the song anymore. He, uh, Let me grab that quote. Merle in 2003 said... Uh, he said, I had different views in the 70s. As a human being, I've learned more. I have more culture now. <laughs> I was dumb as a rock when I wrote Oki from Muskogee. That's being honest with you at the moment. And a lot of things I said then, I sing with a different intention now. So yeah, he's basically, he he gets it. And also that quote went on. I didn't send you the full quote okay. because it basically goes on to <laughs> him saying like, 
and actually, marijuana is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right, cause That's not literally this what he song, said. but oh, This song opens up with, we don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. <laughs> and it's like, you're so adorable, you little... Yeah. And, and we don't burn our draft cards. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Just fucking... Like, that's the first thing you want to tell people about you. And at some point, Merle said, eh, this marijuana stuff's pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he- it's also like recorded with Willie Nelson, and I'm pretty sure you just have to smoke pot if you do anything near Willie Nelson. Yeah, like, he's <laughs> the only person ever to outsmoke Snoop Dogg. That's actually really <laughs> impressive. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, so someone asked Snoop Dogg, like, who has anyone ever smoked more than you? And he said, yeah, <laughs> Willie Nelson. <laughs> you gotta figure that's just like a longevity thing, right? Like, just over the course of his <laughs> yeah. life, he's probably smoked more than Snoop has. <laughs> I think I think it's that he could smoke more at once before he like yeah like Snoop is just tapping limit, out you know? and Willie's still going going to town. That's really cool. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, this this song is very much just appealing and pandering to the blue collar audience, pretty much, um, who feels similarly. I don't like the content of the song, but in the context of history, it's actually really fascinating because you're seeing a lot of this the stuff that he's talking about here that's sort of mirrored in what we're dealing with today. Like, you have just this Mm. retreat of conservative folks just, like, putting back in their shells and saying, no, my life is fine, everything's fine, you didn't need to make it weird with your sex stuff and your weed and, like, just... I have a perfectly good life and I don't want anybody to change that idea for me. And it's like, yeah, guy, people are dying, so... (laughs) Um, (laughs) There you go. Like, let's... Let's maybe cool it for a second and maybe you think... Yeah, reel it back a little bit. (laughs) Like, no, everything's perfectly fine already. Well, And and the fighting side of me gets another look at that. This one's worse, I think. This one, I just... I can't even, like, listen to this one for fun. (laughs) It's it's pretty shallow, is the problem. Because there's this idea, especially in America, of the people who fight in the army are saints and can do no wrong and they deserve our respect on so you don't get to say anything bad about the process of war yeah i respect our (laughs) troops i've had family members serve in the armed forces i stand for the pledge national anthem whatever you want but if you aren't allowed to critique the process of war that is not figured out by individual soldiers but by governments and bigger organizations that's a problem. Yeah. This song is basically criticizing and threatening? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's threatening anyone who basically challenges the government and the war and anything like that. And it's pretty bad. It's been compared to the song Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue by Toby Keith, mm. which is another song that's basically the same exact thing as this. <laughs> yeah. And it's really bad. I think that one's a lot worse, but it, it sounds like a joke, that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the courtesy of the red, white, and blue. It literally sounds like a parody, but it's not. Well, that's just song. modern country music, honestly. Like, if I have to give <laughs> this Merle Haggard and Loretta Lynn any credit, it's that this sounds infinitely more real than any piece of modern country music. Yeah. <laughs> like, Merle didn't specifically decry this song, but I feel like he would feel similarly now yeah uh, yeah oh, the fun thing about Oki from Muskogee is that at the time the song was popular like a bunch of hippies and like other like Vietnam War pro- protesters and contraculturists uh like kind of adopted this song as an anthem <laughs> like ironically yeah, which yeah. is really fun 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's really fun because it is it is kind of a, a goofy song. It's about a guy yeah. who's really excited to be a square in a small town in the country. Like, <laughs> I don't personally, I don't know how you write that song in a way that's not parody. Like, <laughs> you can try. I'm just imagining all the hippies back then singing along to we don't smoke marijuana in muskogee <laughs> in the, all of them stoned in the process currently. of smoking marijuana yeah <laughs> <laughs> so those those two songs do not age well at all but that's not yeah. the entirety of who merle haggard is or how he sings or what he sings absolutely about. and that's that's great because the vast majority of the other songs on this range from workable to really good yeah, these are kind of really kind of folksy storytelling songs here, most for the most part. And a lot of them deal with Merle's life as a fugitive or as a prisoner, because he was, back in the late 50s and early 60s, a little crime boy. <laughs> and uh, he would go from you know place to place, riding on trains and robbing people and stores and stuff and he, he was a, a regular outlaw and he was in juvie many a time and when he was 18 he went to jail for three years the the song mama tried touches on that but it actually exaggerates when he says uh i turned 21 in prison which that part's true doing life without parole which well that's not no, Merle, you did three you did three years. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like life, but it was not exactly. Life. But that said, "Mama Tried" is actually what probably my favorite song on this thing. It's just amazing because it's basically about how his mom tried to raise him right. You know, she tried her best, but you know, he wasn't gonna. He he just adamantly refused. <laughs> he wasn't gonna have it. Yeah, I mean, it's just a really has a really good melody with some nice harmonies. It's just a good ass song with just a really sincere, meaningful message basically yeah because like he's 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 singing sympathetically towards his mother right this isn't really glorifying the carefree life that he had as a fugitive it's just it's what happened to him and he's kind of making the yeah. case that look it's not my parents fault i'll tell you that much i did all this stuff myself he's taking full blame and responsibility for the way he turned out yeah which is kind of cool and yeah like there's other songs on here too like I'm a Lonesome Fugitive, which was actually written for him by Liz and Casey Anderson. I suppose that's what is listed here. <laughs> I don't know the background of, of that, how he got the song, but it, it's just about the life of a fugitive on the road. And, you know, he's saying, like, the highway is my home. And uh, it's it's kind of a romanticized look at the crime life yeah. a little bit, but it's also, like, it's hard, you know? <laughs> right. And it's not really romanticizing the crime aspects of it like those are more than anything glossed over it's just like living yeah. independently which i think probably speaks to a lot of the target audience here and then the other one uh branded man which i think the song branded man is kind of funny because it's about well i mean it's a sincere song about like the stigma against being in jail especially when you're living in rural places and small towns like no one will really trust you completely yeah and everybody knows if they know you've been in jail but <laughs> He's also saying, like, oh, man, everybody knows my secret. But it's like, my dude, you sing about that shit all the time. <laughs> it's not really a secret. <laughs> this kind of leads us into the themes that Merle Haggard sings about. They're not nearly as clear-cut or as well-boxed up as Loretta Lynn's are. But it was funny. While I was looking through the compilations for Merle that they had on Spotify, there are a couple that, are, that have the same sort of branding on them that are drinking 
cheating and prison. Which I, I love I love that because that's that's kind of the the boxes that Merle has for his songs. Songs about him being yeah. sad and drunk and in a bar, which you have with uh, tracks like Swing and Doors. Yeah, that one was really good. That was that was nice. It was a sad sort of very, very drunk track, actually. Now that I think yeah. about it. Um, <laughs> yep. And then cheating, which is more about just general love life stuff, cheating one way or the other. And then prison, which is all of all the fugitive narrative stories. Now the the other one, the other prison one that I want to point out on this album is "Sing Me Back Home." Ooh. And this one is a real doozy. <laughs> basically about one of his prison friends who was about to be executed and the song he sang to to take him back to the good old days before all this crazy shit happened yeah it's just a really heavy subject because <laughs> yeah it is like it's a real story about his friend in prison who was about to be executed and this the song that he sings and and could you man it's good like could you imagine someone asking you like i know i'm going to die play me a song Oh god. That's yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. And to his Ooh. credit, Merle doesn't real I mean, it's somber, but it's not really wallowing in it. It's like, yeah, we know this is going to happen, so I'm going to sing you a good song. Mm. Let's let's make it a little one last uplift before we send you out the door. Yeah. And it's not you know, it's not bouncy and happy, but it is no. peaceful and positive, I guess. Yeah, that that was one of my favorites on the album. So there's also, there's a couple of covers on this thing. There's Sing a Sad Song by Wynn Stewart. And this one wasn't really a, a hit, I think, because it doesn't have a Wikipedia article. <laughs> but it is by Wynn Stewart, who is like a an old, old-timey, like 50s and 60s country singer who influenced a lot of country singers. And you can really hear the age of this song musically. And it, it's kind of really nice. It, it kind of has that crooner feel to it. You know, it's just it just feels like a really old fashioned, just good song. Yeah. And Merle's voice is very lovely on it. And then the other cover on this thing is Kentucky Gambler, which is a pretty well known Dolly Parton song. You know, I, I didn't realize at first that it was a Dolly Parton cover, and it sounds like it fits in perfectly with the rest of these songs. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Because it is about someone who sort of abandons their life and goes and does the independent thing. And admittedly, like it's not Merle's particular brand of independence, it's casino instead of prison but hey you know you take what you can get <laughs> it definitely stood out as being like obviously not auto autobiographical yeah that's true because that's not what happened to him <laughs> <laughs> but it is about uh, a family man you know a dad uh going to las Ve- or not las vegas but going to reno to get rich at a casino and basically losing everything yeah and coming back to find that his wife has moved on and remarried someone else and now he has literally nothing left yeah he loses (laughs) everything twice in this song back to back and it sucks that's great so don't gamble (laughs) darren so another song that stuck out to me and i don't know exactly how sensitive it is but it's a song called uncle len yeah and that one really stood out. That it's it's a cool song because it's a really really story based song. Like it's basically a poem, and it's about this old house that's on one of the parts of town, and it's really old and it's broken down. And the the ladies of the garden club are saying that they need to clean it up <laughs> or tear it down or whatever. Right, you know. just get rid of it. It's an eyesore. And uh, but Uncle Lem lives right, there. Right, but Uncle Lem lives there, and you get to learn who Uncle Lem was. And the song says that Uncle Lem bought that house after saving up a bunch of money because it was the house that he was born in, and 
he was born as a slave. I, like for me, the the knowledge of that because it's not super well described right up until the chorus. Like that completely shifted the tone of the song for me. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a cool effect. It, it's really nice because you get you get the idea that oh, this is a dirty, rundown shack. Oh, who lives there? It's just a guy. And then you realize that there's actually this real reverence for who this person is, what his history is, and his lo- relation to that place. And it's just, it's got this really cool, kind reverence about it. Yeah, and, and the song goes on with the story, and uh, to, so the, the the garden club ladies and the mayor go to, 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 you know, get him out of there, or whatever they're gonna do, and they find him, that he's passed on, and they find his will, and he leaves his old shotgun to the mayor, because the mayor used to follow him around when he was a little kid, which that's just really nice. It's so cute. Because <laughs> oh. Uncle Lem has been here longer than anyone. Yeah. They, they, he mentions that uh, his his house was there before there was a town. He was there first. Right. <laughs> and um, and he said he he laments that he doesn't have a whole lot of possessions to give to his friends because he has like this is a guy who like everyone in town would know him and he's friends with everyone and he says all he has is his old rundown shack and he leaves it to the ladies of the garden club. It's just a cute little bookendy <laughs> it's, it's thing. So it's, nice. It's, oh, it's it's really cool. Yeah, that's a great song, I think, and not a hit. It's this is one of the deep cuts. Yeah. That they put on here, so that's cool. That that's why I wanted to do this album to hear the stuff like this. Yeah. You know, and like Silver Wings is another one uh, that's just a really nice melodic, mm-hmm. just nice ass song. I don't remember what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's sort of a lullaby, just a, a simple Silver Wings lift me up and that sort of thing. Right. It's, it's, it doesn't really have a whole lot of content to it, but it sounds real, real pretty. I felt the same way about I Forget You Every Day, which, uh, sorry, that one wasn't on Spotify. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. I Forget You Every Day is another one. It's actually from 1973, which is like, you know, midway into Merle's career, but it sounds really old, and I think he intentionally made it to sound like an old crooner kind of. It's a little folksy too. It's just like yeah. probably got my favorite melodies on the album. It's just a really slow and nice kind of love song. It's just great. Now some of the more notable songs, some 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 number one hits for you are like Daddy Frank the Guitar Man. It's another story one that kind of stood out to me. Yeah, the story on this one is. I mean, it's... It's not as much of a story as it is a description, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The The song is built around this family where Daddy Frank is blind, but he can play the guitar. The mom of the family is deaf, but she can lip read in order to sing, which is... Which that must sound amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they all work together to make the family work, basically. And they have a band, and the band is the only source of money that they have. And then... They make beautiful music because they're all making it together. I just love the image that this song conjures, which to me, it seems like, I, I imagine this this family of, you know, like, uh, southern folks, you know, very common people. Hillbillies uh, is the word you're looking for. I, I was trying to be a little more sensitive, but yes, hillbillies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just uh, playing in this band, and to to an outsider, it would sound terrible. You'd just be like, what what is going on? But... <laughs> To anyone who knows them, or and to them, it's the most beautiful music ever. Yeah, because so full of love. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sweet, and I think that's what's cool about Merle Haggard's range. He can get from these really earthy sorts of things that are not sweet at all, but are what happened to him, and then he can get at these really pull your heartstrings moments for you know this is this is what life is like sometimes. Yeah, and then there's songs that are kind of 
simplistic, like, honky-tonk nighttime man that's basically just about being a night owl and having fun <laughs> at night. And there's not much more to it than that. Yeah. But it's a fun song. It's really good. It's probably the <laughs> bluesiest thing that Merle's got on this record, just because it's a super simple blues jam for the instrumentation and then, like, the, the common repetition for blues phrases. It's It's... Totally good. Also, I have to say, um, I, I don't know like which tracks in particular had it, but there's tracks on here where Merle really shows off his guitar prowess. Yeah. Like, there's some good stuff there. Like, he doesn't really show off too much because it is about the lyrics and country <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah, he's humble enough. But th- there is some stuff. There, There's a little bit of virtuosity on display on some of these tracks, which is cool. It's, it's always unexpected from country music because you don't think of these people as being master guitarists but sometimes they do a really good job because <laughs> i mean like you know they've been merle had been playing guitar since he was like 15 i think and you know when when it's when it's the fucking 60s and <laughs> you live in goddamn oklahoma yeah what else do what you else do, do? <laughs> like, crime i guess is what happened. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so there you go <laughs> but uh yeah then there's the <laughs> the the cheating songs yeah and the only one of those that really stood out to me here which there's not many on this compilation is uh love and honor where his his woman's cheating on him and he talks he goes on about how he holds love and honor in this high regard and like you know it's a sacred thing to him and uh his woman cheats on him and he says like i bet love and honor never crossed your mind Hmm. and i thought that was kind of kind of funny as like kind of a pointed accusation right right <laughs> he, he's mad like, he's mailed yeah you're probably right <laughs> yeah uh, i'll probably do it again anyway <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's kind of an accusatory song this one it kind of has a, a mean feel to it but kind of sad angry sangry yeah ad <laughs> no that's that that doesn't really work but <laughs> yeah it's a pretty good song yeah. Okay. The, the, again, with like we said for the Loretta Lynn album, the the songs we haven't mentioned for the most part are like good. They're fine. But we there's nothing to say about them. Like they're country songs, and we don't know anything about country music. Yeah. yeah. So you know, like the emptiest arms of the world, and you know. That's another drinking uh, song, I believe. Yep, drinking. Yeah, and then you know things aren't funny anymore, which is a kind of a broken relationship song, I guess, a drinking song. <laughs> uh, someday we'll look back is kind of uh that one's kind of interesting because it's about like the struggle of like being poor i guess and struggling to survive and saying like well someday we'll look back and say it was fun yeah which it's like wow that's kind of a nice way to look at it merle but like that literally what i just said there is all there is to say about that song <laughs> <laughs> like we're done we can move on <laughs> so we, we probably could have just done a track by track on this one to be honest at this point it would just be quick yeah i mean we, but... we're kind of hitting all of the tracks <laughs> yeah I, this is going easier than I thought it would, even. <laughs> ah, what the hell. I'll talk about the last song. Yeah. It is, it's pretty solid. Um, I take a lot of pride in what I am. It's the title. It's like, that's the full title. And honestly, when I read that on the track list, I was like, okay, here we go. Uh-oh, another Oki from Muskogee. Right. But no, it's really not. No, because the, the cool thing about the track, I take a lot of pride in what I am, is that it's not at his best, or even at his baseline. It's when he's at his worst that he still holds on to this idea of just all the stuff that he's been through and everything that he does is worth it you know like everything yeah. everything that he is as a person he's at his weakest 
And he still says, can say to himself, I can take pride in who I am and what I do. And, yeah. and that's, that's a, it is a lot harder to make that kind of statement at your lowest point than it is at your highest point. Yes, for sure. So it's, it's that's really cool, cool to have that and, and have that be the focus of the song. Because it's not about where he comes from. It's not about the values he holds. It's just what he does and who he tries to be. Even when he's feeling bad, he can hold on to that. Yeah, that's cool. And, and there's a lot of like sincerity on basically everything that Merle sings. Yeah. And I would like I'd say I'd say if you don't know anything about country, this might be a good jumping in point because I, I really enjoyed this for the most part. And I mean I would I would definitely check out some of the other album you know, like actual albums in the Merle High Church uh catalog. <laughs> um every time. Every time we just have one of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think Merle Haggard's at his best when he's telling a story and there are some really good stories that he tells on this and pretty much all of his albums. Yeah, pro- I mean, like I said, the reason I chose this compilation in particular is because there's deep cuts on this one. It's not all number one hits, and I would love to hear a full album to get a bunch of those deep cuts, you know? Yeah. Like, that seems super cool. And again, you have a lot to pick from because this man is obscenely prolific, as a lot of country artists are. I guess so. Well, I mean, like, Loretta and Merle are, like, legends. Yeah, so that's true. You know. That's, that's <laughs> also true. If you give us $35 on our Patreon, then we will review all 100 tracks individually of Down Every Road, the compilation box set by (laughs) Merle Haggard. Uh, (laughs) And that'll be fun. I can see that being fun now. Like, having gotten through this album, this this is like the test run. Like, if I didn't enjoy this yeah. in general, then I would not stake that claim. I would not say, yeah, there would be an amount of money you could pay to get me to listen to 100 tracks of Merle Haggard. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like like you, you don't have to pay me to do that. I would just listen to it. But you have to pay me to review it. That's true. Is the thing. That is very true. <laughs> to review 100 tracks, yeah. that's going to take 35 bucks, buckaroos. Money dollars. <laughs> cash money. C- cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Yeah, that. And <laughs> Overall, though, Songs I'll Always Sing is a great starter collection of Merle Haggard's hits. It's got a limited run of his work. It's got a bunch of number one hits. It's got stuff that isn't the number one hits. It's not the super popular stuff, but it's still songs that have stories and that matter. And it's a great earthy collection of country music it's good stuff i I think this could be the one to get you into country maybe i think especially if you're more accustomed to like folkier stuff like folk music yeah uh this would be a good way to get into the more country stylings and country trappings of it um because the stories being told are as good as any folk song basically yeah there's there's good stories good sincere lyrics here and merle is is good yeah, I, I guess we didn't talk about his voice so much, but it's a pretty, I mean, he's got a good voice on him, too. It's good, yeah. I mean, it, it's not, it's really anything unique, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, it sounds like a country star. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's never unpleasant. I guess that'll do it for songs I'll always sing. This will be kind of a shorter episode, but that's cool. We haven't had one of those yeah, in a while. Yeah, I think we can use that. And yeah. I, I'm okay with the country episode being a little shorter for already explored prejudices. Uh, but because look, we just don't we just don't know. 
Yeah. You know? yeah. We just don't. We're we're from Michigan and Maryland, respectively, so it's like... We, we really don't. Just <laughs> give me a rock and roll album and I can talk your ear off for like two hours. But this stuff just... It, yeah. I, I left Kansas for this, all right? Like, <laughs> we tried to get Escape Velocity and it keeps coming back to haunt me. <laughs> Kansas will never leave no. your your psyche. No. It'll no. be with you always. Untold amount of damage of just being in Kansas for three years. <laughs> You're gonna just, like, wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night and look out your window and you just see Kansas. <laughs> you just see just wheat the, fields. Like, <laughs> you just see just a big, like, it's like a person in, like, like a mascot suit, but the suit is just, <laughs> like, a block in the shape of the state of Kansas. <laughs> Like like when SpongeBob turns into Texas, he's like, "Howdy, y'all! I'm Texas." <laughs> yes, Kansas is <laughs> going be to be like rapping that. outside of my second story window. <laughs> so jet rapping and tapping outside your chamber door, <laughs> quoth the Kansas. Howdy, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> so if you like country, you can listen to either of these two albums. Twenty-seven. What are we doing next week? Next week we're doing Armed Forces by Elvis Costello and the Attractions. Ooh. Which should be cool. I like Elvis Costello. I've listened to a couple of his albums, but not this one. And the list says we're reviewing the Notorious B.I.G.'s Life After Death, but that is his posthumous album released after he died, and it's a sequel to his album Ready to Die. So we're actually going to do Ready to Die first and kind of switch the positions because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to do life after death first so <laughs> yeah we we had a little bit of the wiggle room with the wu-tang albums because they are sort of standalone stuff especially since we had a solo one versus 36 chambers but that got a little clunky yeah. and this would just be untenable so it would be a disaster so we're, we'll be reviewing ready to die by the notorious big and armed forces by elvis Costello and the attractions so check those out Tell us what you think of these albums. Listen to those albums. And if you want to hear more episodes of this show, you can go to opalnebula.com. New episodes drop Wednesdays. And if you want to, like, we actually have a Patreon. We weren't just goofing there. Uh, Patreon.com slash opalnebula <laughs> if you want to support this show or any of the others on that website. Yes, please do. And we will see you next week. Have a gay old time. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>